Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the All Things Strongman podcast. Uh, we have an absolutely wonderful guest today for, for to talk to and for you guys to listen to and get to know a little bit more. She is the first world champion that we've had on this podcast, which I think is a, a very, very special uh, accomplishment for her. I hope she's pleased to be the first world champion on here. She's the, we've just spoken. She's the first American on the podcast as well. Uh, but it is the absolutely fantastic Erin Murray. How how are you feeling? I'm good. I'm very tired. We're, I mean, two weeks out from the Arnold right now. So I'm feeling as expected at this point in prep. I can imagine. I can imagine. It's uh, definitely coming up thick and fast. And uh, there's a couple of competitions back to back almost. Um, so I'm guessing preparations are well underway for both the US Arnold and the UK Arnold. Yeah, basically back to back. They're like two weeks apart. So, especially with all the travel, I think I'm back here for like four days before I leave again for UK, which is exciting. I'm very excited, but it's it's a lot of events to train for. I can imagine it's a very quick turnaround. Is that for anybody to do? Never mind at such a top level, which you have been at for a number of years now. I must yes. say, it's been uh, obviously we mentioned that you're a current world champion. Obviously, at the under eighty two kilos woman, world strongest woman. But you are a two-time world strongest woman, having already won it at the under seventy-three kilo category back in twenty twenty-one. Um, how does it feel to be able to tell you to say that you're a two-time world world strongest woman? Oh, I mean that was the goal for so long. Like not even winning it twice, but like I had that goal of being the first person to win that world strongest title in multiple weight classes for like four years. Like that was something that I was working towards for a long time. And so obviously it feels cool to have those titles, but more so it feels good to have set a long term goal and like gone through the the long process of seeing that out. Um, it's there's a, just a huge sense of accomplishment that comes with that, like sticking through something that took a yeah. really long time. I can imagine. When did you start sort of that journey and that sort of when it first came into your head that that was the goal that you were going to strive for? Uh, when I first, the first year I did OSG was the, um, was the year that I won in the 73 class. And so about a year, I guess, before that, when I decided to cut down, like that was always the main goal to to cut down to 73, win that world title with the goal of to, to work back up. So that would have been 20, beginning of 2021, I think. Okay. Um, with when we kind of first set the the plan in motion, it's not bad to say that your first, your debut at OSG was a win, is it? Yeah, and there, I had thought about going for a co- like a couple times before that, and like yeah. I think people have mixed feelings about that. I was always very selective with the shows that I picked, um, and there were some shows that I would go and just go for the experience. But you know, World Strongest Woman that was a show that I wanted to go when I knew that I was prepared to do very well, um, and yeah. I ideally. Mm-hmm. That was always the goal, but there were some like obviously there's some shows that it, like I'm I'm fine with just going to because it's fun. But that was always one that I wasn't I wasn't fine with just going to make finals or to to hope for maybe getting on podium. Like I wanted to go and I knew like I can win this. Yeah. Oh wow! Well, well, definitely went out there, showed exactly what what you made of, and uh, went came away with the gold, which is a, a great. When when was the decision then made to step up and? go for that under 82 title just because it had never been done before um and that's i think my my overarching goal i know it's very vague but like i i want to be the greatest strong woman of all time whatever that means um have the the most decorated resume and for me 
that includes doing things that haven't been done before. Like winning a world title is, is incredible. Like everyone that's achieved that is so impressive. Um, but for me, I would have always been sharing that with someone else. Mm-hmm. Like there are many other people that have world titles. Um, and I, I didn't want to share that. Like I wanted to be the first person to do something. And so that's, what, you know, me and my coach both had that idea in mind of like, this is a really cool first that will never be taken away. Definitely can't take it away from me. Now you managed to manage to achieve that, obviously, in December of last year. What was the sort of differences between winning your first title in 2021 to the win in December? Um, I mean, a lot of differences. I think that the first, the first win, I think I did a little write up on this afterwards because I was thinking about it a lot. The first win was so exciting, like, like the, just the hype and the energy, like it was really like, wow, I could be really great at this. And this last win, it was almost more like calming. It was like a, a validation of like, it's not that I, I can be good at this. It's like, I'm, I already am like, yeah. I'm like, I've kind of arrived. Like I've put so much time into this and it was finally like that validation of like i can call myself a professional athlete one of one of the best in the world at something and it was like this really calming validation i guess yeah which is i'm sure that was quite refreshing for you and quite rewarding i'm sure to be able to probably enjoy it maybe a little bit more than that first time i'm guessing yeah, for sure. It was just a very different feeling. I will say it's um, it's been harder, I think, to try to balance what I want personally in terms of like goals in the sport um, when it comes to like things on my resume versus, you know, I also want to make a living doing this. Like I, I really want to be one of the first women in the sport to make a living as an athlete. Um, and sometimes I feel like those goals conflict because I would love to stay smaller. I am, I feel like I'm kind of on the smaller side of the 82 class. My body feels better in the 73 division. Uh, we've also, we've, we've actually talked a little bit about maybe cutting down to 64 and going for that world title. Like my, my body feels better, smaller. I feel more athletic, a little bit smaller, but a lot of the bigger opportunities in the sport, the high exposure shows, the Arnold's, the Giants live shows, those are all for open women. And it's like, if I can't prove that I can hang in that class those opportunities aren't available to me so it's been a hard balance of like kind of figuring out which which direction to go with my career yeah as you say you mentioned the high profile opportunities the the sort of weight class kind of divisions especially for the women and the men's OSG is really the biggest stage almost for that and while it's growing, it's, it's, it's great to see. Obviously, I'm sure everybody who watched OSG last year saw that it was the biggest and probably the best that it's ever been in terms of production value. Actually, the show, running of the show, I feel like to say there was, what, 350-plus athletes between the men at, all weekend? So, yeah, and it's just like the, the environment of the show, you know, having gone the past three years, just the, the environment, like, elevates every time. It's cool to see that grow. But that's that's one show a year. So and it's yeah. hard to decide, like, if I wanted to cut down to a lighter weight class for that show, it does change what my other, my options are for the other 11 months of the year and trying to like coordinate how to piece everything together. Yeah, it's kind of if if you go for that 74, uh, 73 title or even the 64 title, I can't see you then turning around a couple of about what, four or five months later going for the Arnold title. Yeah, I mean, like it's this year, tough. it was like a 12-week prep between World Strongest Woman and the Arnold. 
Hmm. And like, it would just be impossible to go from potential like 73 or potentially even 64 and then do a 12 week prep into the heaviest open show that exists. Yeah. It just doesn't really, it's not smart. No, no, <laughs> well, it's it, just tricky. There's just things to think about and things to balance and decisions yeah. to make. It put your body under an incredible amount of stress, which you talk about your goals within the sport, obviously living a long and healthy life is probably number one anyway in that um so putting your body through those stresses not needed yeah like living a long happy life and also just being involved in the sport for longer you know i I, i've been doing strongman for eight years and in that time i've seen so many people come and go like have meteoric rises and you know win big shows and then retire after a couple years and Mm -hmm. like i want to get another 10 years out of the sport like i want like i'm 30 I feel like I should be able to compete at a high level until, you know, masters is at 40. And like, maybe at that point I'll do masters. I don't know, but I want to have another, like a full decade of high level competition. Um, And you have to be really smart about the decisions you make if you want that to happen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just going back to you, potentially teasing a drop down to 64, the battle that you and Rhiannon Lovelace could have. It just sounds fun. Oh, (laughs) I mean, you think about the stacked lineup you had at the under 82s this year and how intriguing that battle was, even before it was started. I'm sure, I think just about everybody was excited about that under 82s competition oh, world. I feel like there were five or six of us that could have won, and that makes it so exciting. Yeah. But then to potentially have you versus Rhiannon is exciting for anybody, I'm sure, that's listening that knows a little bit about sort of the women's weight class strongman and is. Uh, strong woman sorry it's oof, just it's got me excited thinking about it I, I, like that yeah. would be a battle to watch and that's why the decisions are tough right because like I look at going to the Arnold in a couple of weeks and there's so much excitement about being in that platform and competing with those women like that is so exciting but then I get equally excited about you know the possibility of cutting down and going against someone like Ree who is so established as one of the best in the sport you know probably the, you know the best lightweight like that makes me equally excited. Like, and they're very conflicting paths. Yeah, incredibly. And I can imagine that it's you go back and forth almost daily about the decision, I'm sure. Um, oh. But yeah, we just want to touch on that 82s class. Um, obviously, yourself went and won, won the title. Natty Stowers second, Ashley Crawford third, Sam Bellevue and Donna Moore, two incredible strong women off the podium, which is crazy, especially... Donna, knowing exactly what she's done for the spot and how much of a legend she is, having her off the podium, it's incredible. Any of us could have been on podium. I feel like any of us could have won. Like it, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a landslide. Like I feel like there, there's some classes where it's kind of like a foot race between two people for for the win. And the, the 82 class, I think, is just so exciting to watch because there are multiple athletes that could surprise you and and pop up and. Um, that that works well for me as someone who's not necessarily the best at any event. Like I won that that contest without winning a single event, and, and that's why I think it it helps me when there's like so many good people that are always flip flopping the points that I just kind of like I just kind of stay consistent right in the middle. <laughs> yeah, I think it was the first three events. I think Nadia won all three. You was I think yeah. second or third in all of them, mm-hmm. and it's like you were just a couple points away. You almost. Unfortunately, I think Nadia had one slip up, really, one or two. Yeah, the um, the go rock medley, I think, is what really like yeah. flipped everything. Yeah. So, so you, but it, 
it's been shown, especially it's sort of a lot of people will know more about the men's open side, but it shows with people like Mitchell Hooper, who's not consistently winning events, but he's always second and third. I think the Arnold's last year, I don't I think he might have won one of the events, maybe, and obviously came away with the overall title. That's what the sport's about. I think like I always joke that farming is not really be about being the best at anything. It's about just not sucking at anything. And yeah. um and I, I think you see people that highly specialize in certain things. Oftentimes there's a big deficit somewhere else that kind of comes at like that's the the cost of specializing. Um and it's hard sometimes. Like I see people like hitting world records and doing these really crazy one-off things where they're like the best in the world at fill in the blank. Um but that's not how you'd be best at the sport overall. And I think that that's hard for me to, it's hard for me to accept sometimes because it, it, it is more exciting to hit world records and do glamorous things, but the, the sport isn't about specializing. It, it More often than not, it turns out that the people who are most consistent win titles rather than the guys that are as, uh, guys and girls, as you say, that are incredible deadlifters. We see them all around the world. It can be incredible deadlifters, log lifters, incredible grip athletes you've got to put it all together at the end of the day and that's what wins titles yeah and you like you can't afford to have weaknesses because i look at like nadia's performance at worlds and she is incredible like she is Mm -hmm. an amazing athlete and like will beat me at most events um and the the whole reason she didn't win is because of the go rock medley because i mean she, she didn't do poorly on it but a ninth place finish um is too much of a deficit to to come back from. Like I think she won four out of six events that weekend, which is just insane. Um, but it just it just goes to show that having holes is uh, a, a bigger problem than not like being the best at stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely nice to have seen, especially over the last couple of years, the development of strong women in particular. Um, and I'm sure you you been able to experience that being in the spot for a number of years now and you'll you'll remember the days probably I'm sure you hear people in the UK talk about uh, competing in car parks competing in front of a couple of people I'm sure it's been a similar experience for yourself how great is it to see then this the strong woman being displayed on such a big stage like OSG oh it's just it's it's so cool to have been part of that process. Like I look back at some of my first shows and there was me and one other girl, like we still train together. She's still a training partner of mine. Oh, nice. uh, Rachel. Like when I first started, it was me and Rachel and we were like the only two in the class at the first several shows that we did because it wasn't really a thing for women. And like seeing women on big stages, like, you know, like OSG world's strongest woman and the Arnold and like, that's so cool, but it's equally cool for me to go to local shows and realize that there's, there's divisions with like 20 women at local shows around here now, which is, it's just insane to think of. It's like, it's not just like the big world stage it's the sports growing in general, even on the local level enough that we have so many women around here that are competing in the, at the amateur level is just really cool. And that comes down to people like, uh, obviously Rebecca Roberts, but Andrea Thompson, Donna Moore, yourself, Nadia, Gabby Dixon, I'm sure, is a massive influence. Obviously, we have a viral video of the Hercules hold. The exposure on social media, I feel like, is really pushing the sport and is really getting that grassroots level and that local level to really flourish. And it's wonderful to see that impact, especially through 
social media. I know you you do quite a lot on social media and you're really trying to elevate your content and show people exactly what strong women and people in strength can really do, which is great. Um, You've seen that as kind of a key thing to your growth as obviously as you're looking to go um, full time into this this sort of strength world. Yeah, I, I'm, um, I think it's just so cool to show what women are capable of. Like we're doing some like pretty incredible things and like sh- just being able to share that with other people that I think when I first started coaching, I got that a lot from women saying that like, oh, I can't do that. They'll just see it once and be like, oh, that like there's no way I could do that. And just showing how possible it is, is, is really cool. And like, I like, I like being someone that can share that with the world. Yeah. The the power of social media is, is incredible, isn't it really? It's um, something that's really growing. It's growing and it's hard for me. Like I'm, I'm torn between, you know, wanting to be a, you know, the, the, the term inspiration kind of makes me cringe a little bit, but I guess positive inspiration for people to, to us out and like, um, bring attention to the sport. And then also, like I said, like I'm wanting to make a living doing this. And and part of the difference between just being an athlete and being like a career athlete, a big part of that is the social media and like the, the, the personal branding and all that stuff that does not come naturally to me at all. Um, and for years, I kind of had this really small minded vision, like thought of like, well, I shouldn't have to, like, I should just be able to make it as an athlete. Um, and I had kind of admittedly a jaded mindset of like, well, if I was a 400 pound man, it would be easier because they're making all like the prize money. But even if I look at some of the top guys, the ones that have really been successful, not just as athletes, but as businessmen, they're also out there promoting their own personal brand and doing like the social media and like collaborations and like all the stuff that I was like griping about. And it took me some time to like come around to like, oh no, that's part of the job. Like yeah. if, if that's the job that I want, then those are skills I need to to work on. So, and that was you- kind of a, a hard realization for me, but something that I feel like I've finally come to terms with. Yeah, you look at world champions like Eddie, Eddie All, uh, Brian Shaw, Martin Lissies, Mitch Looper. They're all absolutely hammering social media content, hammering YouTube, and being really successful at it. And that's sort of probably earning them more than what they did in prize money nowadays. Yeah, um, yeah, that's what, that's where the 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 career part of it I feel like comes in. That yeah, like exactly. the contests are only a small small part of that and i feel like personal branding and being a character is sometimes harped on a little bit too much when it comes to sort of getting selected for shows mm. but if you think about these promoters they're looking to sell tickets and grow their shows as well so if they've got a person that's that's got a strong personal brand that's really great with fans that's really connects and pulls attraction to that show of course they're going to try and lean towards those guys because they're going to make more money and, and do better for their show either yeah and it's it's such a hard balance because like as an athlete yes. too i'm very much like we should just be inviting all the best athletes like yeah. i want sport to be a sport where like we just have the best talent and i also understand the reality of if we want this sport to grow not just from like within the sport but like i mean if you look at like i say this all the time like if you look at like the nfl the people that like watch American football, like it is such a huge industry, not because those people actually play themselves, but because of all the people that just like to watch because it's fun and it's a social activity. And like, you have to bring spectators in and make people want to watch it in order to grow the sport. And so like, it's hard to find that balance of 
obviously the talent should be the number one factor, but also we need people to want to watch and people want to watch athletes that they connect with and enjoy rooting for and, and all those things. Speaking of a great show that uh, showcased a lot of talent, you were obviously invited to the uh, World's Strongest Nation, the Giants Live show over in Liverpool. It was my first time seeing you perform live. Um, I obviously help out Giants Live doing some social content on the, on, on event day, do all the scoreboards uh, that go on social media. So I got a kind of a ringside seat to your um, Giants Live debut. Oh, very um, cool. How did you enjoy that? That was so fun. Um, I'm actually really sad because I've looked through all of their announcements this year and I don't think they're doing the nation show this year, which I am devastated because that was the most just fun I've had at a show in a really long time. Like obviously everything from last year, I'm super happy with like every show I'm like was exciting in its own way, but just in terms of like genuinely just going out and like having fun lifting with my friends, like that was just such a great time. Like just the energy and the, 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 the teamwork and like just being on a team felt really cool. Yeah. It seemed that the word fun is definitely one I'd describe for that show. Cause everybody just seemed to be having an absolute laugh. Everybody were in high spirits. Everybody was really enjoying it. Obviously the little bit of rivalry between team USA and team UK, um, Evan Singleton loves sort of that sort of thing. He loves to be the villain. Yep. He thrives in it. Uh, and the, the fans really react to it. So it, it makes the show even better, but it's just such a funny event. And it is a shame that um, Giants Live aren't doing it this year uh, because it is a, a great show for everybody to watch and obviously gives opportunities for the men and the women to compete together. It's obviously yeah. a bit of a different different event because you've got sort of the tug of war and those sorts of funny events. How did you enjoy those little quirkier events? Uh, I mean, the, the tug of war was we, <laughs> going into that, that we were, we, were, we had some small people on our team, but um, for the most part, the, the team events were just really fun. Um, it was fun to go out there and like compete with people instead of just against them. Like, you know, we obviously go and not like go to like, you know, world strongest women or like these shows where I'm, I'm friends with my competitors, but out of the contest for like, we're competing against each other. And it was cool to like take the contest floor with people that are my friends were like, oh no, we're actually competing together. It was a very different, different feel. Um, and I would say growing up, I never really, I was, I was never athletic growing up. I didn't really play sports. And so I never really had that like camaraderie of team sports. Um, and it was, it was a cool experience that like Strongman's very individual, but it got to yeah. feel like a team. Today. Yeah. It, it, well, it was nice seeing that dynamic between people. You, you know, a lot of people are friends, but it, it's sort of when they get put in that sort of scenario and that situation, you don't quite know how well they're going to get on and work together. Yeah. Uh, so that was nice to see. And um, I know you, I believe you're coached by the same person that coaches Inez. Is it Gavin yeah, as well? Yeah. So it, almost like a team already. Yeah. But so like we always, we call our, like we call ourselves a team, um, and that's what it feels like very much. But that was the first time that we actually like got to compete as a team. Yeah. And it, that was. Um, I know we've spoken about the World Strongest Nation show not being on this year, but one show Giants Live are running is obviously the Las Vegas show. Uh, and, I f- <laughs> and I feel like I'd be a bit amiss to not obviously have an American on and not mention it and get your thoughts on on Giants coming to America and putting it on a show in Las Vegas. 
I, I'm excited. I hope that this is a really good step in the direction of like bringing because that was the other thing from the the Nation show that I it was really cool for me to see. Um, I think those other the other American Girls had been there last year, but the strongman culture is so different and like seeing an arena of people and talking to people that had traveled from hours away to come and watch like the, the strongman culture over there is just so far ahead yeah. um and i left that kind of feeling like oh i wish we had some of that here and then they announced that you know giants is putting on a show here and i'm selfishly bummed that it's a men's show as i was you know obviously i would love if they were doing a women's yeah. show also i know that this is the first step and um so I'm just I'm excited. I hope that it goes well. I hope that it's really successful so that they want to put on more shows here. And hopefully that that ball keeps rolling. Because I think that that's really a cool potential. And I, I just hope we see it be successful so that we get more. Yeah, that's, I think that's definitely the thought process between Darren and the team. Bringing a show over to America, especially at this junction. I know, I know the used to do shows. Yeah, I think they have run shows in America before and obviously in mainland Europe. But obviously when COVID hit, they kind of really shrunk down the operations and just kind of went for UK stuff uh, after that. So I think it's their first venture out since COVID, um, which is exciting. Yeah. It's exciting. So I feel like they've got eyes definitely of doing more shows outside of the UK. I'm sure that it a, a lot of it probably depends on the success of this one. It will. So, um, so I'm, I'm, it, based on in my small circle, I've talked to so many people that are excited about going, and I already know so many people that are like planning to travel to be there, and like I want to be there in in one capacity or another, whether it's to help out or just to watch or something. Um, I just know so many people that are already planning on going out of the way to try to be there. And they were so excited about this. And that's, good. that's just my small corner of the world. But it, it it sounds like there's a lot of excitement about this. Yeah. There seems to be a lot of buzz and excitement on social media, mentioning social media again. Um, yeah. But it, it, they seem to be really hammering it. And I know tickets are on sale for that. So if you are interested in going to the Las Vegas show, um, get over to Giants Live. Tickets are on sale. Book a flight out there. You you will really enjoy it. And Vegas uh, is fun. It, uh, never been hoping for an invite. If not, I'll probably I might fly out myself as well if I can get time off work. But yeah, I, looking forward it's worth to the trip. It. Yeah, definitely. Not um, for more than days, probably. But <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that. I've heard that. You don't don't want to be there too long. But it's nice for a trip. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, taking it back to then your twenty twenty three. Then um, one show that you obviously we talked about you feeling more comfortable as a 73, winning the under-82s uh, world. But obviously, one show you won at an open class with the Arnold Amateurs, which is your place at the pro show in 2024. Yep. Was that a big goal of yours for 2023? Uh, the goal was getting to the, the Arnold Classic. Um, and that just ended up being uh, another cool first, because I'm pretty sure I'm also the first weight class athlete to win the Open Arnold so that was another just kind of like cool, 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 like first to take off the list. Um, but the ultimate goal there was to get an invite to the classic. It, and that was such a bummer being there. Not a bummer because I understand I, I didn't I didn't earn an invite in 2023 and I'm totally OK with that. But I went and watched and I I can't even count on both hands how many people asked me how I was feeling about those events. Because like assuming that I was doing the pro show and I'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, no, I'm actually here for the, the amateur show. Mm-hmm. 
and I just like, and it's fine because I, I, I didn't earn the invite last year and I don't, I didn't expect to be on that stage, but it also did hurt my heart a little bit to like see people that I'm friends with and people that I've competed against on that stage and be like, oh, I want to be there. So there was just the, the ultimate goal was just to like, all right, well, if I'm not going to get invited, then I'll earn the spot. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what you, what you went and did. Earned it, won that amateur show ahead of uh, Angelica Jard- Jardine, I believe he's. Yep. Nailed that conversation. another one of my training partners. <laughs> yeah. And she's also earned uh, her shot at the pro show as well. So you're both, both in that for 2024. Obviously, she's America's strongest woman. Um, but we'll just talk about this incredible lineup for the Arnold show. How how stacked is this lineup? There's some incredible women here. And it and it's it's really cool and very intimidating. It's been a long time since I trained hard for a show that I knew I couldn't win. Um, and people, I say that, and people think that I'm being negative. I'm really not. I I'm not uh, Victoria Long or Rebecca Roberts or Lucy or Nez. Like they're like there's some just incredible athletes at this show that um, I'm excited to compete against, but equally excited as a fan to watch. Yeah, I think this. I. I looked at the lineup and thought, this is the Worlds that we didn't quite get in 2023. Because obviously Victoria Long wasn't there. Olga wasn't there this year at Worlds. And you add in there, obviously, Rebecca Roberts, World's Strongest Woman. Lucy Underdown was second. You've got sort of Andrea Thompson and Donna Mara who've got World's Strongest Woman titles between them. Yourself, Hannah Lindsay, Angelica Inez, Sam Bellevue, talented as hell. And, and Mel Peacock rounding out that that lineup. Oh, it's it's just going to be an incredible show. Yeah, just an incredible show. Like as a competitor, I'm excited, but as a fan, like both sides, like the yeah. the women's lineup and the men's lineup, both like are just so incredible. Like it it's so hard to predict outcomes, and for both, obviously, I'm excited to be there, but I'm I'm equally excited as a fan to watch and see what happens. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's going to be a fun watch. Both both the men and women's uh, shows are going to be incredible. How are you feeling about the events that you've got coming up? Uh, I mean, to be honest, um, <laughs> none of them are my strong suits, and that's fine. I had to have a little bit of a temper tantrum moment to myself about <laughs> that when the, when the events were announced. I'm like, as a fan to watch that they're great as a competitor to do personally, I hate all of them. Um, and that's fine. And I had to reframe in my mind, like, okay, well this it's ultimately it's okay because this wasn't a show that I was going to win anyways. It's not like this was a title I was going for. And I'm like, Oh, I just ruined my shots. I had to kind of reframe and like, no, this is a really good opportunity for me to have an excuse to work on things that might not be my strengths um, to work on like my grip strength and my like, um, just static, like, you know, deadlift overhead strength. Um, and, and of course I want to go, cause this is probably the biggest exposure show that I've done. Mm-hmm. I want to go and do really well. Um, but ultimately the winning wasn't the goal. So it, it, it's a good opportunity to work on things that I probably wouldn't have wanted to work on otherwise. <laughs> yeah. It goes back to that consistency that we were talking about. If you're, you're obviously working on events that you're not so good at, um, helps with that consistency at, maybe other shows where these events might come up and you might end up doing better than what you think. Yeah. And, I mean, like, and these are all open girl weights. Mm-hmm. Like these are all, these are some big girl weights and <laughs> um, I'm very confident in my ability to like hang and, and do well, but we've had to 
have have had that reality check with myself in training. Sometimes when things are really hard and my body feels like it's falling apart and like I can't keep up with this, I have to remind myself that like I'm not six four. <laughs> like I'm yeah. not like when I go back to doing, you know, like my weight class shows, I'm gonna be so much better for it. Like I'm gonna be so much stronger for my weight class now that I've pushed myself outside of my comfort zone. Yeah. Um just one thing about the event the events. Um who do you think will walk away with the elephant bar deadlift world record? Ooh. Because there is so many, so talented. There's some big lifters. Um, it's hard to pick Victoria and Lucy. Um, I think they're both capable of it. Like I, I think that Victoria would have pulled 700 last year if she had a fourth attempt. Um, and she just didn't. That's not how the contest worked out. But the way that her uh, 651, I think it was, the way that moved, I think she could have pulled over 700 on that day. Um. I think it comes down to how recovered her hamstring is. I know she had a little bit of a hamstring whoopsie last year. Um, she looks like she's moving well now, but I, I definitely between the two of them, but I think it comes down to how recovered Victoria is. Yeah. I think luckily it's obviously the first event up this year. Whereas yeah. I think last, last year it was sort of second or third in third in, I think. Yeah, I think that's yeah. on day two. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, obviously a little bit, of gas taken out of them, maybe playing a, playing a factor in that. Uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting one. Is that first event? Yeah, um, I do think that we're see people over seven hundred though, which is really cool. Yeah, which I, I enjoy seeing world records broken, especially at these yeah. big shows where it's going to get some real exposure and really catapult some of some of the you ladies, especially into the kind of uh, viral status as well on social media. So it's yeah, really sure. good. It's really great. Um, but definitely an interesting set of events. Obviously, that show is taking place on uh, the 1st and 2nd of March. So just in a couple of weeks' time, um, yeah. over in Columbus, Ohio, it's the US Arnold. But then a couple of weeks later, we've got the UK. You're back in the UK. You're coming up back over the pond. Um are we feeling any happier about these events or are we still having a little temper, tra- temper tantrum about these? I am a little bit more excited about the UK events. Some of them are the same. Like we've got um, we've got another dumbbell in that one, which uh, um, dumbbell, it looks cool. Yeah. It's a very objectively cool event as a spectator. I hate it as an athlete. <laughs> so I was a little bit bummed to see that again. But overall, I'd say that I feel more confident in the UK events. Yeah. Um I mostly just hope I'm feeling good after yeah. the first show. Yeah, it's 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 a bit of a two weeks is a quick turnaround, especially when you're thinking about these weights. Um, yeah. As you say, they are big girl weights. The obviously for the open, so for someone like yourself who's a, a weight class athlete, it could be a little taxing on the body. I'm sure. Um, be mindful about how hard we're pushing things. Um, because it is also a lot of events to train and it's not realistic to be training like all 10 events, like at maximum capacity every single week, I would fall apart. So it's just a little bit more strategic about uh, how we train and at what volume to make sure I stay intact. Yeah. That's the, that's the main thing. Uh, keeping fit and keeping healthy uh, throughout both competitions, I'm sure, because uh, I'm sure you've got an eye on other competitions in 2024. Have you decided maybe what you're aiming to tackle for the rest of the year or is that still to be decided? Not totally sure. Some ideas. Um, it kind of 
depends on how my body feels after these two shows. Um, uh, I got invited to uh, North America's the JF's show. They're doing a women's division this year. Oh, nice! Um, I know several women have been invited to that. Uh, other than that, um, I know there's a show in Germany in June that we've looked at. Um, unsure about that, just kind of timing wise. We have our show here, the Rainier Classic. Um, that Dungeon Strength puts on uh, in May. I'll be at that one regardless. Um, as long as if there's a middleweight division, I'll probably do that. But there's a lot just up in the air. Like those are kind of things that I'm thinking of. The only thing that it's probably going to be for sure is doing uh, Worlds at the end of the year. Um, but not sure what weight class yet. So. I was about to say, but not sure what weight class we should, we, we will wait and see on, on that one, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, the finishing up on sort of the Arnold's talk. It's going to be an exciting couple of weeks for yourself, exciting couple of weeks for the whole of the for all of Strong Woman and Strong Man. Um, these shows are always incredible to watch. I feel like Rogue put on a absolutely amazing show every single year for these. Um, how great is it to have that opportunity on that platform? Oh, it's just, it's so cool. Like, um, just the, the number of eyes is, is huge. It's a little bit intimidating and scary, but then also ultimately what, what I wanted. Like, um, I think it's a good, like back to what we were talking about earlier, it's a good branding opportunity. Like, again, like these aren't shows that I can win, but they're shows that I want to go put on a great show, a great performance, have some standout events and really just like get my name out there and show how cool the sport is and really work on like my personal brand and uh, use it as a, a, a platform for myself and my career and like a launching launching off point for going forward. Were you pleased to see that obviously uh, the Arnold Sports kind of classic moved into the, having that full pro show kind of on par with the men's last that was year? Huge. Yeah. And that was, um, I think a little bit of the, the salty feelings from last year of like wanting to be part of that inaugural year. Cause I, like, yeah. We all knew how big of a deal that was for them to be taking on the women's show and like same stage, same platform, same everything. Um, and that's just, it's cool to be a part of such a big like step forward in the sport. Yeah, it was huge to see. I know I saw a lot of fans kind of reacting to it and obviously seeing probably their first introduction to strong women. Yep. Uh, I and know. Also, afterwards, I think that there's been back and forth about like whether there's there's interest because you know people think of strongman and think about the big 400 pound men lifting giant rocks and pulling trucks and uh, i think there was maybe some worry about whether there would be interest and after last year the arnold i feel like i heard more people talking about the women than the men um and that could be a reflection of who i surround myself with but i talked to a lot of people after that show and there was a lot of interest in the, the women's division and so it just makes me feel like it's not that there's a lack of interest. I think there's just a lack of opportunity for people to be interested because there's not, they just don't, you can't know what you don't know. No, but then we're shown how cool it is. I feel like yeah. everyone was like, wow, that was awesome. It, it comes down to that visibility. Obviously the spot of strongman in general is quite still quite niche and quite small. And everybody knows about world's strongest man over here in, in the UK. It's shown every Christmas time. It's mm-hmm. it's a, a staple for a lot of people at home um, it, around that time. So everybody knows the name, sort of Eddie Hall, Brian Shaw, Lou, uh, Tom Stoltman, obviously, nowadays. 
but there's so many other opportunities and so many other athletes that are incredibly talented. You just think about obviously all the women, you've got all the weight class men as well that are, there's some absolute beasts uh, down in that them sort of. I'm thinking about the sort of the 105 night is even well, yeah, I mentioned the 80s as well. Felt like I was dis- distancing myself from them. Like the, there's something wrong with being the under 80 kilos. Uh, no, they're absolutely incredible. So having certain shows live streamed, the opportunity to be shown online, giving that opportunity for people to watch it, like you say. People can't enjoy it if they don't know about it. People can't yeah. be interested in it if they if they're not given that chance to watch and enjoy. Um, yeah. which is definitely something that big strongman fans they like watching strongman regardless of whether it's opens or all the way down to the sort of under sixty four kilo women. Yeah, um, and I think I talked to some people, and I think that there's a misconception that people are more interested in just watching the biggest weights. Like I've talked to people like, oh, well, you know, open and strongman is more popular because people just want to see the biggest weights lifted. And I think there is something to that. But I also think that there's something to watching someone that you can actually relate to. Like I can't watch a, a you know, a six, six man, you know, if it's an 800 pound deadlift or a 1200 pound deadlift or a 1500 pound deadlift, like that's just really heavy to me. Yeah. Like, and like I have more context than a lot of people, but a lot of people will see that. And like you say any number over 800 and they're going to say, wow, that's really impressive. That's a lot of weight. And there's not a whole lot of context to like what the like differences mean. But I think watching someone that you relate to, like the middleweight classes, I think are more similar to like the average Joe walking around in terms of like body size and actually seeing someone that's like that person looks like me or the same age, gender, weight. And they're lifting four times as much as me. There's like a frame of reference to know yeah. how impressive it is that I think sh- needs to be pushed. Like, it, like yes, it's cool to see people lifting giant rocks, but actually watching someone that you can relate to and understand what they're doing and why it's impressive, I think is a lot more relatable. Yeah, there's definitely something to be said for that. It's, 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 that relatability is so huge. And I feel like mm-hmm. it needs to be more done about that. I mean, I, I had a conversation with my boss in my normal job today, kind of explaining what I was doing tonight. Obviously, I mentioned that I was coming and, and speaking to you and doing a podcast, and, she, and he was like, so what So what weights? Can she lift? He's quite a big guy. Can she lift me? I went, yeah, easily. And he went, you what? His, his face dropped. I'm like, yeah. And I showed him some of, some of your Instagram videos, of obviously, you lifted better, telling him, right, it's this weight. And he's like, what? Wow. And it, yeah. it, the marvel more, on his face. There's more, um, you just have a frame of reference for that. Yeah. Like, it's like, like women and like weight class women, I think I'm, I'm biased, but I think that's really cool for like, uh, you know, a dude can look at Thor lifting and there's just like, there's no, for like, oh, I could never do that. But like for a dude to look at something that I'm doing and say, I can't do that. Like, I feel like that's cooler like that's more impressive than obviously you can't do something that a six six dudes lifting but if you watch look at these women that are like my height five six 180 pounds and there's women in my class that are way stronger than me like watching what they do and there's there's a lot i think more impressive to realize like oh like well i can't do that and that's a yeah. you know five six female <laughs> yeah well hopefully fingers crossed the way that in the next couple of years there will be a move towards getting more weight class strong man and strong women out to so. more people 
because that'd be beautiful to see because everybody will enjoy it because any chance you can get to watch more Strongman, especially for me, who's an absolute nerd for Strongman. I'd, I'll watch it all day, every day if I could. So it's, it, it's great. And I know that we're obviously biased, but I'm like, I feel like it's an objectively cool sport. Like most people that I show clips to, I don't think I've shown it like videos or clips to anyone who's been like, oh, that's kind of boring. Like yeah. almost everyone thinks it's pretty cool. <laughs> it, it, it's a great watch and it's a great spectacle, I think, for people to be able to watch, especially when you show them sort of the Giants live shows and they put it all together with the uh, uh, increased production value as well. So yeah. it's great to see. I think I've got a little... <laughs> I think I've got now a little light shining above my head with uh, the battery running out on the camera, <laughs> which uh, I think means we've, we've maybe spoken too long, but I've enjoyed it. Yes, uh, good. And I, I want to say thank you to yourself for coming on, Erin. It's been a, a wonderful chat, and obviously we've, I think we've uh, read the right act a little bit to Strongman as a whole, mm. uh, what we'd like to see and exactly what what we our vision is for the future. I think me and Erin are now... Uh, front runners for nationalizing the sport and really sort of running it <laughs> well, i know and it'll take time i think every everything takes time but i do think it's going in the right direction it is absolutely it's, it's been a pleasure to see the development over the last couple of years uh, and i know there's plans in place especially at sort of osg level uh, i know yep. lynn morehouse is working so hard uh, that poor bloke does not take a day off uh, no, year round. In that show i think that people don't realize <laughs> no there's so many people behind the scenes especially sort of at that level official strongman giants live even in to put on any show it takes an absolute army um so fair credit to anybody that takes on that challenge of putting on a, a strongman or strongwoman show absolutely yeah uh, it's all important for the sport there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes but a lot of people that are helping to push it forward it is. Uh, but I want to say again, just thank you to yourself for coming on, taking the time out of your day. I know um, we've had a little bit of a battle uh, time zone wise. It's always tricky with the time zones, but it is. But we made it work. Yeah. We made it work. But yeah, so thank you for coming on. Thank you for taking time out. It's been an absolutely great chat. Uh, I hope everybody who's listened has enjoyed it. And um, if you have, subscribe to the YouTube, like us over on Spotify so you know exactly when the next episode comes out. Um, but any final words, Erin? No, I'm just excited. I'm excited for this year, and uh, I hope you guys are all along for the ride. <laughs> Perfect, great end to it. Thank you for listening, guys, and I'll catch you on the next one. Thanks. <laughs>